0: Hello everybody, this is Tom Harrison and Ken Krogh with the Eternal Core Podcast. We also have a vidcast going on. We've got Alicia Worthington with us today. It took us a while to get her on the set with us. She knows Tom from way back. You guys have worked together in the past. A long time. Tell Um, us about that.
1: Well, we've had the great opportunity of working together with many clients and many different situations. We also uh, authored a book together, Real Intimacy, and that's been out, wow, nine years now? Eight years? I think years? so. Nine years. Yeah. And uh, so uh, I worked really closely with uh, Alicia and her sister, Kristen Hodgson. We've that heard book. about her too. And yeah. it, was, it was really fun. Kristen's out of the country still, isn't she? Mm-hmm. Yes. And so I'm just so thrilled to have her here because I love this lady. She's great and she has great skill and i think we're in for a real treat today
2: or you're in for a ride well, see.
1: <laughs> well we
0: we are excited to have you uh alicia worthington tell us a bit about how, what what got you into this practice that you're currently you've got you've got some pretty good impact out there making a big difference i hear about you from many different directions but tell well, us how you good. got into it
2: uh, i think it just started i started working talking with couples and individuals and I kept hearing things about communication or we can't talk about. and but then it just seemed like all roads kept leading to sex. like, but then there's this. and it it was having this huge impact on people's lives individually and as a couple. And then we kind of noticed that we were having these conversations and went, we need to do something about this instead of just, talking to one couple or one individual at a time let's take it bigger yeah um and we also noticed that nobody else was really doing this like it was this kind of taboo thing or just people were a little bit afraid and we just put on our pretty early
1: in in publishing yeah we wanted to make it real yeah and that's why we called it real (laughs) intimacy because we thought a lot of the books out there were we were just kind of soft soaping the deal and, and, you know, would almost get to the conversation but then would stop there. And, and so it just left people, well, what do I do with this? And we thought, well, let's just be honest and real and talk about the whole thing mm-hmm. and talk about where people were going. And, and I, I think it was kind of shocky, but uh, I think it, it was also embraced.
2: Very much so. I had so many people say, Thank you. I just wanted actual information. And I didn't want to have to go to the internet and put in Google whatever yeah. and get all sorts of information that they didn't need or want. But nobody was giving them just factual, Here's how it works. Here's how you can talk about it. These are the things about it. Now do with it what you will. Like, we're not the experts over your sexuality, your life. We just, Here's the information.
1: I warned them both. I said, If you do this, your life will change, and it's changed. Was he right?
2: Oh, we just, (laughs) my sister and I have this conversation often. We would like to go back in time to that moment where Tom said, are you sure you want to do this? Because this is going to take your lives to a place that you don't realize where it's going to go. And we never could have predicted, I would not have predicted that I would be sitting here on a stage talking about sex as openly as I am, working with couples and individuals, doing presentations, writing more, never would have predicted this.
1: I remember in the 80s I came to Brigham Young University and I gave one of their Education Week talks on sexual intimacy and uh, after it was over there was lunch and uh, so I used the restroom and then I came in and and was sitting at a, a round table with other presenters and there were two women behind me and they they were talking they had been to my session and they were saying well i'm sure he is not religious you know <laughs> he certainly he certainly wouldn't be talking about sex the way he was and he probably is not a member of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints and i you know and and i just found it fascinating so i turned my chair around put my arm around both of them and said I am a member of the church, <laughs> and, and I am religion, the religious, and they turned all kinds of uh, red. Sure. But it's amazing what people think, you know, when you're willing to openly talk about intimacy and sex.
2: Oh, for sure. <laughs> before one of my presentations, right before I'm supposed to go on, and I was, the title of it was similar. It was talking about God and sex together, you know, God and intimacy together. And this individual came up to me and he said, you're not really going to talk about this topic are you (laughs) as a matter of fact I am and he said well (laughs) there are just some things that are just too sacred and too we don't talk about this and I said well how many children do you have well I have seven hmm wonder what your wife would like to talk about you know (laughs) but it's just this idea and especially I think as a woman yeah talking openly about sex I've had a lot of very interesting interactions with you know I'm not sure how to handle talking or listening to a woman talk about sex but I've also had a lot of people say yay we would also like to know about sex from a woman's point of view
0: what what are usually some of the the main um, topics issues that 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 prompt a couple to give you a call what are some mm-hmm. of the things that the entry point where they say it's, you know, it's time we probably work some things out?
2: I love the couples who have been married two to three years and that they're already seeing like huh, we don't know how to, how to talk, talk about this, like they come in early and it's a lot of times it's basic education and undoing just some patterns that have been established a little bit. I work with the majority of couples I see have been married between 17 and 22 years their kids have grown or are old enough that they're no longer in survival mode uh-huh. and they're starting to recognize that their kids are going to leave and it's just going to be the two of them again and it's this is really not working and if we don't do something we're in trouble hmm. and so they'll they'll come in but it's this idea of we shouldn't have to come in for this we should have we should know how to do just this work it
0: out ourselves yeah
2: out. and we've been married all this long, all this time you know this is embarrassing and I try to normalize that for them and say tell me about how much sex education you got before you got married what what did you know you
1: know Well, a lot of these young people you know they they've been told if you just go forward you can work this out or you know if you just wait and and then you know it just comes naturally mm-hmm. and then they realize they know absolutely nothing about sex they know nothing about their own bodies mm-hmm. they don't even know what sexual parts are called they know absolutely nothing about their partner's body you know they they think they do and they think you know if they do this if, if they touch the clitoris or if they if they insert fingers into the vagina, then everything's going to be fine. And then the wife says, that's uncomfortable, I don't like that. And then the guy is blown away because he thinks, well, that's what my friend told me I was supposed to do. And Mm -hmm. immediately they start out on the wrong foot. And immediately they think, all this that I thought was going to be okay, isn't okay, and this isn't working. And if they then move into blame, well, it must be your fault because my friends told me if I did this, you were going to like it. So this must be your problem. And what they do is they shut it down and a lot of couples never go further. And Mm -hmm. so they have this on and off again sexual experience and neither one of them are really having a good experience with it. And so it moves into a decade or 15 years, or at seven years, they're out having affairs, Mm -hmm. or they're doing other things because they say, my sexual life with you stinks. And so, you know, those were many of the clients I saw. Mm -hmm. and And they didn't know anything. And when they came in, it was amazing just giving them good information, good physiology, letting them know, giving the wife an opportunity to talk about what does work. What, what how our body functions and helping them to explore with one another it's amazing what just good information does right. to help a couple
2: yeah and it, to help them understand this further i i learned this in a really specific way when i was trying to breastfeed my first baby you know i held her there and it was like come on okay go like you this is supposed to happen and um, she, what I didn't know is that she had to learn, I had to learn, it was painful, it was hard. Yeah. And I learned that just because my body had the capacity to breastfeed, it didn't mean I knew how. And that's what I will often tell couples, like just because your body has the capacity to have sex, it still doesn't mean you know how. And there is just no nothing that you haven't had to learn along the way. This is just simply a skill you're learning with a partner which is a little more challenging, which requires more emotional strength, and, and but brings intimacy, which is why it's so beautiful that it can happen in adulthood, because hopefully we're in a place where we can start to experience intimacy on all those levels, but it takes understanding that about one another, like we're just learning this skill together. Okay. And just
1: because it worked with this partner or with this circumstance, doesn't mean it's going to work with this woman or mm-hmm. you know yeah, or mean,
2: for the next 10 years
1: yeah yeah it might have worked initially but it's not working anymore it's something like like a job or like anything else you have to continually learn over time mm-hmm. and and that we change, just change. Happen. our bodies yeah. change you know
2: someone has a baby someone has a medical issue right. somebody is really stressed and loses a job and that impacts right. how they feel i mean aging happens this isn't something I I tell couples you don't just get to a place and then coast for the rest of your Hmm. married life
1: or a woman who's gone through postpartum Mm -hmm. or a woman who then looks at her body and says this isn't the body I had when we got married and I don't like it so that means you don't either so I don't want you touching me there because I think it's ugly, Mm -hmm. and then totally stopping a husband's appropriate affection because he doesn't feel the same way about her body that she does. Interesting. Or or that men and women teach each other to dislike their bodies. I mean, I I know women who have taught their husband, don't touch my thighs, you know? And he's saying, I like your thighs, you know? Mm -hmm. Or don't you dare touch my buttocks, you know? Under no circumstance because it's twice as big as it was when we first got married. Or, and, you know, I'm going to tell you, you cannot like that about me. And men will do the same thing. And so we pick up on these subtle or not so subtle cues, and it totally disrupts the whole sexual relationship. Wow. Sorry, I'm just it's joining okay. back I in know. our old structure. Can you tell that
2: we get <laughs> yes. really really yes. passionate about this yeah. topic?
0: You know, we, we've been interviewing, we've had some great episodes already, you know, without really meaning to, I guess one of the main themes of this initial launch conference at the end of March. Um, you know, we've got Tim Ballard, we've got, uh, you know, Clay Olson, and and the concepts of addiction, you know, we just with Gray. Harrington and Dan Gray. And, and and I'm sure that that, that's a challenge on the intimacy side if one of the partners is having problems with forms of addiction, pornography obviously, but maybe talk a little bit, what do you do when when there's one of the partners having a real struggle with something significant?
2: That is so important because it's impacting so many people and couples especially and because what the challenge that I have seen is a couple will go through maybe a a 12-step program, one of them will or both but then what yeah because if you if you're an alcoholic you just don't go to the bar right you don't go to the liquor store but if you're really involved in pornography so you're supposed to have sex you know like how does how do we restore this between us and that's where i try and work with a lot of couples because there's such fear around what if we step back into this and then what is this going to create is he going to see me as just a like an object. You know, am I supposed to act like a porn star? I don't want to. And so now I don't want to have sex with him because of this. And then he's saying I want to engage, but I'm so afraid of my own thoughts or so like I can't even go there. So it's really tough to begin to restore this for couples. Mm. And um so that's that's the piece that I work with and I How I'm working it's really common. I don't know that I work with a couple or that hasn't impacted the couple either either before they were married, and, and one or both of them has brought it into their relationship, or it has begun after, and, or there's been an affair, and're they, not they've learned, like, I don't want to be done with my marriage, and I love my family, but I, I don't know how to work this out. Right. And so
1: And when a man or a woman is involved in pornography, there's this guaranteed outcome. Yeah. And and you know with with a, a partner with a woman there's no guaranteed outcome. You have to move with it. You have to look at all the circumstances, all the variables that are involved in the moment. Is she pregnant? Is she tired? Hey, you know, has she been around kids all day? You know, you have to deal with a real human being and a lot of individuals especially with pornography addiction or pornography use they go uh it's just too much of a hassle i will go to this guaranteed structure and and i i can get turned on and then i can masturbate and then i'll have an ejaculation and it's over and i didn't have to deal with another human being Mm -hmm. you know i do i i don't have to brush my teeth i don't have to get, get cleaned up and so People can get in a habit of dealing with non-relationship sex, and non-relationship sex is profoundly different than relationship. Well, sex. and there's some new research I
0: understand showing that that's even becoming a, a bigger challenge with some of the younger
1: generations. From what from what I hear, yeah, we're seeing a significant diminishment in the X generation of even wanting to have sex Mm -hmm. or desiring it. People are having sex much later and even when they have a partner, they're having intimacy far less than they used to in any other time it's ever been studied.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, and just to add one more thing to that. Please. One of the challenges that I feel like I see then with the female partner is this shutting down of their sexuality Um, almost like they become the gatekeeper and the monitor you know what are you engaging in what are you and so it's all about the male partner and there's no development or no feeling of I can step into my own sexuality I can own it I can experience pleasure and that's okay it doesn't make me a porn star doesn't make you know and so kind of this stunting if you will of, of female sexuality development and so that's also been a, a challenge, too, but so really beautiful to work with as I watch women step into that and own it. It's really powerful.
1: Yeah, I, I would think gatekeeper and police officer would not move us to intimacy no. very much, <laughs> <No. you know? laughs> Well, and it, it's, there's more
0: openness now. There's more discussion, and, and I'm, I'm sure, you know, your book and, and, and some of the things, but, but you're moving now into sort of a new project um, uh, wrong slide. There it is. Intima, mm-hmm. and I understand. In fact, we're we're uh, we're we're partnering with that software platform. Um, but tell us a little bit about. It. Tell, I mean, you're in part an owner, and I mean that's that's pretty exciting. But yeah. But you're trying to have an impact in a much larger way um, with technology, uh, facilitating getting couples together with therapists.
2: hmm I think the idea was again we want to come to couples therapy but we have four small children or we have a brand new baby or I live out in Tooelea or you know and this is not easy for me and so Carrie and Josh had this vision of let's take it we have technology and there are many people who are suffering who need a place to go other than Pornhub to get their sex education Um, and so they they came they created Intima and it's just they wanted to make it more accessible more affordable, but to a- anybody who's rural or just basically anybody out there, just make it more convenient. Tell us, us about
0: the details about it. I mean, it, it's a software uh, pack- app that works on your phone.
2: Mm-hmm. Tell yep. us about it. So it's sort of designed like Uber. Okay. Like basically you could get on and if you wanted to talk to somebody right away, you could see which coaches are available. It's a coaching hmm. site. It's not therapy. So if okay. if that there's a distinction in that. And so if you do if you are someone who has severe trauma or you need to go to therapy this is more um sex education basic communication skills things like that but that's really what a lot of people are looking for and need so you can just get on you can say like i'll pick you and and join a session so it and has start a, a group session of
0: coaches online um, doesn't even have to be nearby because no. anywhere in the world pretty much mm-hmm. but you can find someone that you'd, that you'd like to get some help from mm-hmm. as a couple or individuals
2: yeah, and you can have a 15-minute, a 45-minute, and or if you find a coach you like, then you can continue to make appointments with mm-hmm. that coach specifically.
1: So your entire therapeutic experience can be just all online? hmm
2: yeah. yeah. And How do you
1: vet these uh, these coaches or these therapists?
2: That's a great question. <laughs> no, we're, um, so people have to send in their resumes, and they've got to have a an advanced degree in either social work or psychology Uh or mental health and and then marriage and family counseling yes we'll include Uh that (laughs) and then preferably further sex education training so either through it's called the american association of sex educators counselors and therapists they can have that certification Um, and just and or so it
1: sounds like they're well vetted
2: they are well vetted Yeah. yeah and we want People will self-select because the, the thing about Intima too is it's a values-based um, platform, and so if if you want to go into like advanced BDSM, you're not, we're probably not going to find coaches here, but we're happy to refer you to somebody who could help you with that. So, so not that, not that you can have values people in BDSM. These know what
1: BDSM but. is.
2: Could you help them? <laughs> whips and chains so so, again I don't want to say that it's not values-based I'm just saying that there are we have there are certain parameters that are that you'll find on Intima that you may not find elsewhere but that's okay there are other places out there and this is we feel like we're creating filling a niche for those who are looking for what we wanted to do with our book just credible factual information answer questions um, it follows the plicit model Mm. So
1: and also bring their spirituality into mm-hmm. it too, and allow them to ask some questions and give answers to some of that spiritual structure too.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So as you're
0: working with couples who are having challenges, and I've heard you know, there's there's money challenges, there's there's sexual challenges. You know, where does it usually rank in in, in the impact that it's having on their marriage? Sex education. You
2: know? What's the saying like? if sex is working it ranks ten percent of the relationship but if it's not working it ranks ninety <laughs> percent <That laughs> so it's, it really has huh. I mean you didn't get married to become roommates yeah. or co-parents that's not why you married this person you married this person because somewhere in the back of your mind you're like you we're lovers yeah. you know this is a different relationship that you and I have I can have co-neighborly relationships with lots of people and brother, you know, but this is a different aspect. And so it's kind of reclaiming that like, why did you get married again, remember? And so they remember and then there's kind of this grief and loss around, this was not what I Mm -hmm. thought. And kind of trying to get back to that. um,
1: That's often one of the first concepts that people trash Mm -hmm. when it's not working you know, that, okay, I, I had this projected reality that we were going to be lovers, but it didn't work so well, so what I'll do is I'll I'll mark it through or I'm going to put it on the back burner, and they don't know that you have to work at that, and you have to learn how to do that. I loved your example of breastfeeding. It's something you have to learn how to do, and it's not just you, it's a mutual process. It's, I've got the equipment, I can do this, but you have to learn how to latch on Mm -hmm. you have to learn that whatever you use i'm going to make a little bit more than that so i hope the next time you nurse you're going to be taking about that much or i'm going to be in trouble and i'm going to be hurting you know that all these physiological mechanisms have to be learned Mm -hmm. and and it's a learning curve and and, you know, I think that's why we get to be married for 50 years, because each new stage offers more learning and can create more intimacy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Let, let's talk about learning for a minute. So, And, by the way, Alicia Worthington, she's joined us here on uh, Eternal Core. She'll be one of our speakers at the conference March 29th and 30th. Tom and Alicia have written a book together. Well, Let's, let's talk about, let, let's say a couple is just starting to think, well, maybe we need some some guidance needs some help what are some of the typically the things that are starting to arise in their relationship where it might be good to to talk to someone who has some of the background that you have
2: mm. so I often see couples where they have years of what is called duty sex So from right out of the gate maybe things didn't go well they didn't know what they were doing but they've seen movies they know what it's supposed to look like sure and then it doesn't happen that way and then they don't have the language to say was that, how How is that for you? That didn't quite do it for me. They don't want to hurt each other's feelings, they care a lot about each other and they were told that it was going to be just mind-blowing and magic and yeah. then it's not and they don't quite know how to manage that disappointment and so then what I see a lot is the female partner, the wife is generally like okay like yeah I'll, I'll I'll give you sex once a week or maybe once a month or really how often you want, but I'm really not going to participate. I'm just going to sort of be here, go ahead, do your thing. And after however long of this, a lot of times their very caring husbands are like, "I can't do this anymore. I feel like I'm using my wife and I don't like how that makes me feel." So then they start to withdraw, and then she's like, "What do you, what do you mean? I'm willing to have sex with you." And he's saying yeah, but I want, a willing, I want you to be here. Be present with me. Yeah. And she hasn't been present for so long and has really not cultivated her own sexuality. She's kind of forgotten uh-huh. what this is like and, and how to have her body feel good. And what do you, what, I don't, I'll ask women, what does turn you on? And I get blank stares. Like, I don't know. And so it's, it's I probably see that pattern a lot where they care deeply about one another. And they're just kind of unwilling to continue this pattern of sexuality, they just don't know how to get out of it. And we've set sometimes we've set couples up for failure because of this, like don't talk about this outside of your relationship. Well, all right, if you've never had any other sexual partner, so it's just you and your spouse, and you have only had sex with each other and you're not supposed to talk about it outside of that relationship. What do you do? What do you do?
1: And if you you look at the research, most men and women rate bringing pleasure to their spouse as the highest level of sexuality. If they say, what is the greatest thing you've ever experienced is I believe that I bring pleasure and that that creates the greatest feeling about my sexual relationship. And I think that is so crucial because so many, so many individuals, they just drop that, and they just think this is our sexual experience, mm-hmm. and they think, well, I can't do that. I I can't bring pleasure. I I don't know how to be a lover, and so I fail in that
2: component. Mm-hmm.
1: And and they hold on to that label, and it's false. They've just never learned how. Right. They 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 don't have the right information. They have all the right equipment, but they don't have the right information to allow that to happen.
2: Right. And it can sometimes be so, so simple as, you know, again, we don't have a lot of sex education before we get married. And so it is. Sometimes it's like, did you know that you have a clitoris? No. What? I don't even know what that is. You know? Did you know she has one? No. You know what? I know there's stuff down there, yeah. But I don't know how to interact with it, and I've never touched it myself. I don't know how to touch her, and all she does is tell me I don't like that. And so it's this, it's this continuous, yeah. and then then less engaging, yeah. and it gets further and further yeah. apart. So or the man
1: moves to the eraser phenomenon, that thinks if I just kind of, you know, they don't realize what you know that what does feel good, you know. And some women can't stand direct clitoral, clitoral touching. But if there's touching around or above or, or during the act of coitus, you know, then it's highly stimulating. And that information really adds significantly to their understanding and their pleasure, and then it moves into the relationship.
2: Mm-hmm. And then it can be fun. And that's what i try and help couples remember like guess what do you remember that this was the idea of this was going to be fun yeah. it doesn't have to be so heavy and weighty and like all the time like and it was spontaneous fun, right you know and, oh. yeah so <laughs> if you're feeling awkward now about this talking to each other in this new way that's okay awkwardness is also like nervous giggling and it's fun yeah, and man. it's curious and so let's let's have that let's own your awkwardness. It's, it's totally fine. Even if you've been married 20 years, who cares? Yeah. You're starting this new journey together.
1: And to be able to drop the old, say, that used to work for us, that doesn't work anymore, what can we find now that does? Mm-hmm. Where, we're, you know, it's like playing basketball, you know, I used to do that in high school, so I still do it when I'm 55. No, a 55-year-old needs to learn how to play basketball differently or he's going to have multiple knee surgeries. You, know, yes. you, you have to come to it at the age that you are and realize that your physiology has changed. But that doesn't mean sex is over. It doesn't mean that you can't
0: still enjoy real intimacy. Mm-hmm. I'm going I'm to put a couple of situations out there milestones in, in a couple's life together. Yeah. Um, they're about to get married.
2: Mm-hmm. What would you recommend? Oh my gosh they're my favorite. I do have parents that are sending me their engaged kids and I tell them like this is gonna take two hours, bring a notebook and get ready to write because yeah. I'm just gonna give you so much information. But I think if I could just have them get one takeaway It would be this is a skill just like the breastfeeding thing like there is no reason that you know how to do this with each other right out of the gate in fact and let it develop there is no reason that says nothing that says you have to have sex your honeymoon night i know i always tell the guy i'm like i know that sounds disappointing but if you will let your sexual relationship develop so you're married that means the gates are open it doesn't mean you have to jump because we skip we sometimes skip steps we skip we are kissing and then we jump right to sex. So let it develop. Take a shower together, see each other naked. Like, you've never seen a naked guy before? Like, check him out. Without it being sexual, just look at it. Mm-hmm. And and take take your time. So those are the, the two biggest things are, sex is a skill that you will work on for the rest of your life, and there's no race. You do not, it, It's you're gonna develop this together. It's gonna be like, if, you were gonna, if your goal is to start making creme brulee, but you've never cooked before, so you have learned how to boil water first. Yeah, that's right. okay.
1: And what happens when I touch his penis? And what happens when I touch her breast? And what happens, you know, that ask those questions instead of just thinking this magical thing's going to happen and, and I have to have intercourse tonight, you know, or I'm not a successful honeymoon guy. Yeah allow the process to happen. So another scenario, one
0: person has had a lot of experience, the other one's had none. Mm -hmm. What do you do
2: there? I sit with that person and really try and help them understand skill level. Again, it would be like, all right, let's go play with Ricky Rubio from the Jazz and I've never played basketball. Like, you know, I'm not going to play at his level, probably ever, but That's kind of the idea of, again, it's not about who's better or I should or there's been more experience, there's more skill level and understanding, but the key point is even if you've had all this experience, you haven't had sex with this person. So do not bring your assumptions. You need to get curious around this sexual experience, this partner's sexuality, and act like you're starting over again because you are.
0: So wife comes home, announces, I'm pregnant.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's, a, that's a scenario that yeah. uh, things change really fast right there. Mm-hmm. Any, oh, yeah. any guidance there?
2: Yeah, I, um, I work with postpartum couples and help them integrate baby into their life. But the understanding, again, of I just want to do away with the six-week OB appointment it's sort of like this okay you're ready to jump back into sex even though you're exhausted and you're you might be breastfeeding and you're leaking fluids and like you should have the energy to do this as opposed to so your cervix is healed okay great i i counsel couples if you will just get through the first nine months of this baby's life hold each other's hands kiss and make out if there happens to be some energy to have sex okay but recognize that this is not forever, that this, you will get more sleep, and if you will not pressure each other and be on the same team, sex is gonna come back, and it won't come back with resentment. Yeah.
1: When I went to graduate school, postpartum was seen as this horrible thing that happens to some women, and now it's seen as just the last trimester of pregnancy. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the baby, and then you have this, you have to at least go this period of time And if you're breastfeeding, you know, that you have to move through. And I love that she says, the next nine months. We went nine months having the baby. Now we have to go nine months postpartum before things even start looking of what... How is my wife going to be now that she's had a child? Mm -hmm. And what adjustments do we have to make? Mm -hmm. I think most people, they think postpartum, oh no. But no, everyone has to go through a postpartum structure. And for some, it's awful. For some, it almost looks like psychosis. Mm -hmm. Some people go into postpartum psychosis and you think your wife's going crazy. But you know, it's all those hormonal structures and the lack of sleep and all that coming around. And most people don't understand that. And boy, that has a huge impact on sexual intimacy. Two more questions. Mm -hmm. Divorce.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Wow,
0: you know, I 15 years with the same person. Now my whole life's changed. Yeah. What do you tell that person or that new couple?
2: So are they ending their relationship? are and
0: now they've just met someone new. Uh-huh. They've set a date. They're getting married, or they've just been married, or not. You know.
2: Right. So it's it's kind of about unpacking the suitcases again. Like, let's talk about your sexual. Biography. What is in here? Let's take it all out. Let's look at it. Let's look at it together. Um, the idea of still, you're going to create something new with this person, but you're also bringing perhaps trauma in. Perhaps you know, maybe one person has been married and one person hasn't, um, or previous divorce, and maybe there are stepkids. So I often talk a lot about how s- stress level impacts um, sexual desire, and especially for a, a woman because female sexuality is all context-dependent. Am I safe? Is this a good time to have sex? And so if stress levels are high, we're blending a family, we have a bunch of kids running around, that's not super conducive for, like, I just want to have sex with you all the time. And so understanding where you're at in life so that there can be a realistic expectation of what this is going to look like.
1: The rule of thumb that I used to say to my patients, clients, whatever you want to call them, is, 18 months, you have to wait after the divorce because your brain needs to adjust. It's You've been married to this person for a significant period of time. Big
2: and part of your, your brain life.
1: has adjusted to her. And it takes a while to say she is no longer a part of grocery shopping. She's no longer part of... of Making the bet. She's no longer a part of my sexuality. She's no longer a part of my communication. All that has changed. And if we do not wait that time, then we project onto this new person oh, all of those things that we used to have. With, a lot of
0: patterns and structures yeah, that aren't that
1: other person. Yeah, name. and we project that on the good, the bad, and the ugly all onto this new person. And that is a zoo you know it's just not wise so I say give yourself at least a year and a half minimally be to be able to allow that neurocognitive structure to change and be able to allow this new person in without all that contamination of the old relationship does that make sense sense. yeah Yeah. kids are gone Mm
2: -hmm. you know
0: we're we're being together now we, we haven't had, we don't have that same common need to get, you know, to go see the school play or to go to the football game together and watch the kids. Now it's just us. Mm-hmm. You, you hit that a little bit earlier, but give us a few little bullet points of some of the things you would say to that couple.
2: Work, work, work. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, just like anything else, it's, okay, are, are, really, are you, you want to stay with this person? So what are you going to, and... How much has this person changed, and how much have you changed? When was the last time you asked them their favorite color? You might be making an assumption from 20 years ago, or so what are some a of new their dreams?
1: Period of time. A- go absolutely. Back, start and, w- again. and what if he's had prostate cancer and mm-hmm. now now can't have an erection? Right. Does that mean that their intimacy is over? Mm-hmm. No. No, it's a new adjustment structure. You know, mm-hmm. what if she's had. Uh, her ovaries removed. What if she's, they're going through this huge hormonal imbalance together. Mm-hmm. What if this slim bodied person now is gaining weight because of this hormonal change? You know, there are constant That's what I adjustment. blame it
0: on is hormones now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like sex does not have to be over either just because you're 60, 70, 80, whatever. It doesn't there are there's great furniture out there to help bodies who like right. it hurts them to lay a certain way well there's furniture for that like there's it, but it's finding out and just getting educated and going alright we have new bodies let's learn together about this new sexuality
1: I remember clearly uh, Spencer W. Kimball who was an early prophet in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and he spoke to a bunch of return missionaries and he i remember he was the first apostle prophet type individual I ever heard and he he was in his 80s and he said Camilla and I still enjoy intimacy together mm-hmm. and i thought did he just say that <laughs> you know because i assumed that when you're in your 70s or 80s you know you're way past that maybe 20 years ago mm-hmm. you but i love the fact that he, that was still very important for him to still, in his 80s, have sexual intimacy with his sweet wife Camilla, and he was willing to talk about that. Wow! Uh, it, it, it impacted me profoundly. Mm-hmm. Well, being as willing to talk man. about it is
0: really important, and and as you mentioned, it's it's a major major part of 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 a couple's relationship. Thank you for joining us.
2: Thanks for having me. Um,
0: we're excited. We're going to have Alicia speaking at at our conference. And uh, we've got uh, the great book, Real MC, that, that, that was written together by Alicia and Tom and your sister, mm-hmm. right? yep. Kristen Hudson. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, remember, Intima will be partnering with Intima, the, the software app, as part of the community that we're, that we're forming here at Eternal Corp. We will see you March 29th. And we haven't scheduled yet on exact speaking dates. But um, go to eternalcore.org, make sure you grab a seat. Thank you, Alicia, for spending time with us today. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Was Wonderful fun.
1: to be with you. You too.